You are listening to PLV Radio Network. Join us in celebrating all of life's possibilities. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Living Vibrations with me, your host, Sarah Troy. And my guest today, all the way from South Africa, I have Adele Green. Adele Green started her journey when she was looking for answers and really doesn't know who to ask the questions to or even what kind of questions to ask and who could give her the answers that she was looking for. And on her journey, she found various people that could help her along the line. Um, The real teacher are those who teach us to look on the inside and can guide us there successfully. So she saw that there was a definite need to have help to be able to answer those answers, just to put people in the right direction, to help them look in and seek what they really needed to know in their own lives. And this set her on the path that she is on now. She's a twice published international author, and she has founded a full-time practice to help women who like to make those big changes in their lives, but don't quite know how. Um, It's soul-searching. It's one that ignites the heart, and it lifts the spirit, and it shows your mind what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And uh, she is living a very much of a whole-purpose life now. And in doing so, she is here to help you find your journey as well. Um, She has a talk that she calls Naked with Adele. It's her chat show. And that is, you know, all about kind of stripping ourselves down and uh, willing to be vulnerable, willing to be exposed and willing to be honest with ourselves. I know that can be very, very intimidating, folks, but, you know, you're living with you for the rest of your life. You may as well be honest with that person you see in the mirror. And the only way you're going to do that is to listen to your soul, heart and spirit and let your mind and all those life expectations get out of the way. So let's hear Adele's journey and all the tips that she has for you to help you live from the inside out. Welcome to the show, Adele. Hi, Sarah. It's really nice to be on the show with you. Thank you. Now, by the end of the show, I'll probably slide back into the South African accent as I lived there for 11 years. And I'm sure you're going to have a great influence on my on my vocabulary by the time uh, because it's very easy to fall back into it. It's such a rhythmic language. Um, which part of South Africa are you from? Oh, my gosh. We call it the big smoke. I'm in um, Johannesburg. Right. Igoli or Josie. There's so many, so many words, but it's, it's we called it Jailburg when I was people. there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's um, it's very much kind of like the hub and the bub, uh, you know, isn't it? Because it's nowhere near the coast or water or anything. It's um, it's quite high up there, isn't it? Yes. Uh, well, they discovered gold. Yeah, it's one of the few cities in the world that's not been built around water. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of concrete jungle in a lot of ways. Yes, I had five years in Johannesburg and in Hillbrow, which we all ended up calling Hillbrow. But I was there in the 70s and, you know, during a great deal of disruption that was going on there. So I'm sure it's a lot more peaceful today. And South Africa is an exquisite, beautiful country, um, as are the people that are there. So what was it about your journey in life? You know, you said you were looking for answers and you didn't know where to find them or who to even ask or even kind of what question to ask. What was your transition in life? You know, what were you doing before that, having to face that transition that you knew that you needed to ask some questions? Well, I pretty much did what everybody else did. I was a power girl in the corporate world and um, then I had children. Um, And having had a traumatic childhood, I guess that I asked some more questions that other people didn't ask, you know, maybe thought about life a little bit more or or maybe another way to put it would be there was me and there was the world because there was the stuff that was going on with me, which I didn't share with the world. And then getting into the groove of work and all the things we're supposed to do and focusing on that all kind of came to a halt when my first husband died of cancer. And then um, I remarried and I had uh, two children and that was probably the biggest culture shock. Um, (laughs) I stopped working. And you know, the thing is when you have children, you – kids do not connect with you. I I never even thought I'd have kids, but kids don't connect with you 
unless you're soft and gentle with them. And I didn't realize how much I had changed. Um, I was very fortunate not to have worked at that time. And when I decided to go back to the work world, I went. Um, I didn't go back into FMCG. I went back into fashion. And I just realized I couldn't be so hard anymore. Buying was very much a cutthroat environment, yeah. figures driven. And... Um, I had a call one day and they they cut that specific line and when you cut a line, a fashion line, you can shut down a factory and I'd just been with these people. It was really hard for me. I sat in my car and I could leave. I cried for about an hour and that's when I knew I was getting too soft. I was changing too much. That was probably the first sign. There was a lot of things. You know, hours were long. My kids were crying when I dropped them off at the nursery school. They were tiny. And then there were three things that happened very close to each other. The first the first thing was we went away on a holiday in Mauritius. And I was lying at a spa and there was a, a Reiki master, apparently, that did a Thai massage with me. While he was doing Reiki, um, which I knew nothing about, I was having a wonderful out-of-body experience. But literally, I was leaving the planet. <laughs> and the only thing that brought me back was my life was just, for me, so miserable at that time. You know, it was just all do, do, do. There was no time to even be a human being. No, I don't think I knew at that stage what it really was. But I just heard my children's voices and I knew, I knew they needed me. And um, so for me, it was like a vision afterwards. The guy said to me, he said, I'm so sorry. I never do this without permission, but your head was so busy. I did Reiki with you. And I just looked at him. I still didn't know what he was talking about. But, you know, having been, had that, ex- having had that experience, I just, I knew I had to change. And then two other things happened. The one was I got a call from a mom who found my child in the road. Um, he gone past the school teacher he'd gone past the car guard in South Africa the roads can be you know it's dangerous especially for a four-year-old child Mm -hmm. but I was besides myself and then only to find out that they haven't told me about the previous time it happened so he wasn't just crying because he doesn't want to go to school he was really unhappy and that was that was the second thing and the third thing that was the nail in the coffin was when uh, my planner because a buyer and a planner work like a left and a right hand my my planner said to me she's taking um uh, um, she's moving to another department and the last planner they took nine months to replace and I just thought oi this is not going to work and then I knew so I made a decision I went to my exec and I said look I need a sabbatical she said what are you going to do I said I don't know she said why are you leaving and I said because my values are no longer the same as the company's I can't I can't stay here yeah. and that that was it you know, that was in 2007. I don't know what I was going to do. I just knew I couldn't be there anymore. And then I spent months trying to figure out what is changing inside of me. What is going on with me? And I, doesn't matter how many processes I did, how many weird things I did from regressions to hypnotherapy, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I was reading everything and anything, but it was as if the, it, nothing ever went deep enough for me. And I've always been a, a deeper person in the sense that a lot of things has happened to me in life. So I just no, don't normally just accept answers. Um, yeah. So that, that was where it started. And then a few things happened synchronistically. And by the end of that year, I started a coaching practice. So, I mean, you know, I always talk about redirects and, you know, these things that come to us. So for some people, it's a gentle nudge, um, you know, a, a new path shown, the discontent with your own life, you know, one thing after the other pointing that this is not the life for you. And for some people, they literally have to have the hatchet in the head. And, you know, for you, it was that kind of gentle nudge. You, you got the warnings and, and you knew that you had to honor who you were, your values, as you said, um, because... You, you know, this is what so many people do in order to earn the bread and butter. They sell their soul and they don't realize they're doing it. So your redirect was to take you where you were meant to go. But you had to have the journey you had to have so that you knew how to coach. Yeah, that was that was the, the turning point. You know, after that, so many things happened and everything took me deeper and deeper and deeper. Because that was just the career change. I mean, eventually I got a divorce and every single thing in my life has changed. There's nothing that's the same. <laughs> I know that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but the, that's why, you know. But you weren't the same person when you got married to this person. 
you know and the thing is is that you you know you knew that you had to be authentic to self and go down a different path and if your partner isn't unwilling to take the same journey or you know even a journey of their own um you suddenly become somebody totally different to them and so you're not that's you know that old terminology you're not the woman i married well you know if we're constantly yes. evolving we're not we're, we should be constantly evolving and and growing and not be stagnant into what we once were especially if it's not serving us absolutely you know in my case um I think because I was widowed and it was so traumatic and I've had quite a, an intense life, all I wanted the second time was stability. I've never had stability before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had it while I was married to my... I had it while I was married to my first husband, but we were not even married for three years, um, you know, when he died. And he he had cancer for 18 months of that. Um, so... There was such a, I don't think I could see past wanting the stability. And the second time, I mean, my my ex-husband now is still exactly the same person and did every single thing that he told me he would do. He never changed. Yeah. Um. So I got all my stability, but I changed again. You know, when I came into my own, um, yeah, and I just needed to be me. That was exactly the message, you know. I mean, all I wanted was to be myself, and it was a, a family with this is how things happen. <laughs> so, not nothing against them because it did come around, but by that stage, I was already we were already divorced for a year, and um. I knew that whatever he'd caught up with, I'd already moved on and so far beyond. It's it's really important to be with a partner. Um, I mean, everybody changed. Our partners changed too. Um, but it's important. You think you want one thing, but you must realize that you are going to change. And you, there's no guarantees what they want to do. So yeah, it doesn't I, make them a bad person no. just because you leave them. Yeah, no. Or, you know, make them a, you know, a bad person because they're unable to take your journey. Everybody's journey is taken at the time when they're ready. And, you know, maybe he's not ready yet for his journey. Um, and, you know, who's to say that your journeys were meant to be the same? You know, sometimes it's just the gift of the children or other gifts, you know, that we have um, in a relationship. The worst thing is to stay you know, for the sake of the children, exactly. uh, because now exactly. what, those children are growing up with a dysfunctional relationship and uh, it only injures the children. Uh, so it's very, very important that you honor yourself because in doing so, you're teaching your children to always honor who they are. That's exactly it. You know, somebody said something to me at the time that was very valuable. The person said, when you, your kids are grown up and you only leave them, It'll hurt them even more because now they'll sit with added resentment and they will blame themselves because you've been unhappy for so long. So, you know, where's the benefit in staying, really? No, well, you know, I can vouch for that. I was the one that was waiting for the, you know, the last kid to grow up. And she was, I think, 11. And uh, my son came in one day and he said, this is ridiculous. It's time for you to get a divorce. And I said, well, I'm waiting for Tasha. And she just turned around. She said, you don't have to wait for me. He's never home anyway. We'll manage, you know. And it was uh, children. Then, yeah, yes, the they're amazing, aren't they? Children. Yeah. And and I wouldn't have done it had it not been for them I'm saying, "No, Mum, this is ridiculous. You have no quality of life. It's time for you to place some value on your own life." And it was it was my children that gave me that permission because that's a big word, isn't it? You know, permission to place value upon yourself yes. and what you want because people like to make and you feel guilty is- for that. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, this is this is such a big part of it is understanding our value, especially if you've had a traumatic childhood. And a lot of women have had that, and they never break the silence. It's like a secret code. Yeah. <laughs> In the intro, they live this life where they have the secret fantasy of actually wanting to leave. I work with them, and I get in their heads, and this the stuff they tell me, and I look at them, and I say to them, "You have to tell your husband." Not because, like, I'm going to tell them and leave them, you know, but they, they just, they cannot actually go there. They cannot even be that honest with themselves. Saying it to me is like a big shock when they do it yeah. because they didn't even realize it was there. And this is what does the damage damage to the value and how we see ourselves. 
Yes, and and it will do damage to the relationship with self, and most certainly will damage any relationship you try and be in. Um, you know, whether it's a, a spouse, a relationship, a relationship with friends, or even your children. Um, you know that that inner honesty and without apology. You know, because most of the time people won't be honest with themselves because they feel guilty, because society has dictated that they've done something wrong. And uh, they feel guilty and a fear of judgment. Yes, that is so true. And the other thing is, we we take we live all live externally, which is normal, you know. But we we wait for the something in the relationship to go wrong, to to look back at ourselves mm-hmm. instead of fixing your relationship and your relationship with your partner and everybody else around you will also be fine. The focus is always on the external. So with me, everybody thinks I work with relationships. I don't work with relationships. I work with individuals. Yes. But I catch them on the relationship platform because until they hit problems there, they cannot even see that there's something else that's not right. Well, people are a reflection of yourself, aren't they? You know, they'll, they'll reflect back to you, you know, what's going on within you. And so that first relationship that you have to deal with is yourself. Because you can't go around addressing anything else in your life until you've addressed your own inner relationship with self. And there are so many people in conflict with self. Yes, and that's what shows on the outside. Very, very wise words. There's a little exercise I like to do with people when they come and see me and they complain about this one and that one because they never come for coaching for themselves. There's always somebody else that needs to be fixed. Right. <laughs> and, and when you show them their mirror... You know, and you show them that the other person only reflects their attributes that they cannot accept about themselves. And the opposite is true too. Sometimes people, you admire them, but you have exactly the same attributes and you cannot own them. You know, people are mirrors. They just reflect ourselves back to us. They do. And so if you're getting something back you don't like, well, it's time to take a good look. And, you know, it's, you know, I know it is hard to deal with, you know, past wrongdoings. Um, you know, um, I had a very volatile relationship with my ex. And he was a browbeater, not a physical beater, but a browbeater. Um, so it would just break you down and break you down and break you down. And I'm a strong woman and I could stand my ground. But, you know, when you're chiseled away day after day, it eventually, you know, you deplete. And it was, you know, through actually a, a woman with a pendulum reducing, you know, re, uh, releasing past lives and a pattern that had been there for so long of me not feeling worthy, not feeling worthy of love or of respect. That's what I was giving him. So I was allowing him to do this to me. And that was a revelation to me. I was allowing him to do this to me. The fact that he liked to kick so hard was his onus. But I allowed it to happen to me because I didn't place a, a high enough value on myself. I didn't feel worthy. And so I had to find my worthiness in order to be able to break that pattern. Will you allow me to say something, Sarah? Mm-hmm. A little bit out of the ordinary. Um, this morning, when I was sitting in my quiet time, of course, there's a big time gap between you and me. Um, Spirit gave me a message. And I, I, I listened, but I didn't quite understand that it was maybe for our conversation now so I just want to quickly share it with mm, you please because it's exactly what you're talking about now and I when I when I got it I wrote it down because I could see the value of it and and specifically in terms of economic empowerment of women um, we are quick to talk about empowerment but it's always on an uh, uh, emotional level the moment things get to where the reflection has been this is what I always say to people it's great to feel okay but tomorrow you're going to feel down again and then you're going to attract to you you know that poverty consciousness again so when it comes to value and it comes to boundaries and it comes to where we what we allow with our boundaries because if you know who you are you know what your boundaries are and then that's what you put out and that's what you get back so what I got this morning what I understood is is, is something that there's, I think there's a lot of misconception about it because I, I, I've had this always, all my life I've had this desire for beautiful things and glamorous things. And I'm in, I think compared to a lot of other people, I'm quite outspoken about my spirituality and my incredible desire for connection with source. 
and everything in my life that's the first thing that I look at it doesn't mean I'm I'm a vegetarian you know or anything like that it just means that that's where my focus always is I need an internal alignment I need to go to bed at night and feel a sense of peace with myself but but there's always been this conflict with me because the world gives us a message that we have to be in a certain way as women and as spiritual creatures we are supposed to um give up money and we're supposed to give up all these things which comes back to our boundaries mm-hmm. and um and i could never make the connect between why i love beautiful things so much and they do cost money and and how i can be so driven from a spiritual angle and this morning the answer came and it was very simple when it comes to beautiful things it's about feeding the soul yes the things that we buy feeds our physical lives but not our souls we have to actually feel beauty we have to feel value we have to feel appreciation and that feeds the soul so you need to find that happy balance between the ambitious uh, ventures of trying to pursue a spiritual path and feeding your soul and the feeding your soul for me comes back to self-value. And the reason I thought of it is because you were talking about what we allow. Yes. And the allowance often comes from our upbringing, the way we're being chiseled away at, you know, because we're not born this way. We become this way. And if you've had trauma and, and, and other things which has been hurtful for you, you don't think you're deserving, but we are. Yes, and... You know, I think of, you know, especially my generation, because I'm 60, uh, and my mother's generation, you know, there was this whole labeling of women and, you know, men superior, women inferior, um, and, you know, unworthy and anything that was given to you, you, you were lucky. Um, and there wasn't any empowerment. Like my mum couldn't leave my dad because he would have blocked her ever seeing the children again. You know, just divorce was very, very hard back then. Um, we've come a long way, thank goodness, you know, with equalities and rights to a point. But what is still, I think, the huge boundary is that permission to place value upon yourself. Permission to be important to yourself you know, permission to be abundant for yourself. And as you say, yeah. I'm a person who loves beauty. You know, I love when I dress in something that's vibrant and flowy and colorful, I feel alive. You know, it just, it's, it's a representation of my heart and soul and of my spirit. And uh, people get this whole spiritual thing about, you know, we're all cross-legged around the fire going, Hum-ha. you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that's so arcade. It's, it's about living in spirit. It's about listening to the soul's intellect. It's about resonating it with your heart. It's truly living in your divine consciousness in within your human realm. And it's a marriage of the two. It isn't one or the other. Absolutely. I like to think of spirit, and I, I don't know if it is so, but I like to think of spirit as, as a masculine energy. And I like to think of the soul as a feminine energy, because the soul is almost a part of us or, or relates to the part of us that's individuating, you know, the authenticity. Mm-hmm. The part that makes up who we are. To me, the, the, the pursuit for spirituality is about the, the ideal the the perfection you know and it's in between somewhere that we find where we fit on the scale so yeah so much of what i do that means that's all all the feminine journey stuff is all about the intuitive voice it's all inward yes and, and being okay because once we can go there we can move away from wanting somebody else to get us permission and when Precisely. you break that, you take your power back. Exactly. So. Exactly. You know, the thing is about the soul, it's the divine intellect. And the universe is um, in, is of one sex. It is of one spirit. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, when you die, it's where you go home to. It's that collective. Uh, and any time, you know, I used to be like this astral traveler. I would go 
um, you know, <laughs> up into the universe. And, you know, the thing is, is when you talk about being one, you know, at one with the universe, or at one with each other, it isn't an absent, abstinence of uh, thought or action or, um, or individuality. It's bringing your abundance, your entire worth, your contribution to the collective. You have to look upon it as a cellular structure. Um, if one cell in our body dies, it can contaminate the rest of the cells and our body can start breaking down. So it's important that we look upon ourselves as this one cell and we need to be healthy and abundant and productive to be of service to the collective because when the collective is what feeds our very intellect, our very spirit um, that resonates with our heart. That is the oneness, but it's being part of the oneness in your individuality. That is so well put. I absolutely love that. But you know what? The thing is, with me too, I've had, I've been fortunate to have had more than one out-of-body experience. And when you when you know what it's like to not just be stuck in your body with your eyes open, yeah. <laughs> it changes completely yes. your perspective about life. And you have these strange ideas that you have no idea how to explain to people, but you absolutely know it's true. It's and knowingness. It's the knowingness. And yeah, these cannot look at life in the same way. No. Um, but you know what? The other thing that you just said now is so important because I, when I work with women and they come into their own and it is so beautiful to see before they even heal themselves, they want to go out and go make a contribution in the world and everybody wants to make a difference. And in a big way, everybody wants a book and everybody wants to talk about it. And often this is why women come to me because they see what I do and they also want to do it. And the thing is, that's not the biggest difference we can make. It's the little bit that we do to ourselves, like you just explained now, that mm-hmm. one little cell, whether you grow or whether you, you know, die out, that's what adds to the collective. Um, and, 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 yeah, so, so to me, yeah, the way you put it and the way you described it is beautiful. Thank you. It's what well, is the way I live it. It's, you know, truly, I was born that spiritual being having a hard time as a human life. Um, you know, and it's, it's been a challenge for me to live in the human realm because that all that anger, you know, the one thing that doesn't work is divine spirit living in, you know, the, the universal's harmony. You can't live in that and be true to that and be angry and hateful. And so we don't want to be around people that are angry and hateful because it's like a, a knife going in you. And you can't be of spirit or, or receive, you know, that wonderful divine guidance if you're still in anger and bitterness and hate. Um, you will never get there to that beautiful peace that you so long for until you're willing to let go of that. And that's something people, as human beings, we have to understand. The anger is not serving us. It may be right at the moment because it's a reaction, but you can't hold on to it. Absolutely. Is that why you call your show Positive Vibration? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've got to live in the good vibes, man. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we definitely need to release some stress and uplift. Yes, exactly. Especially when it comes to women, it's very hard for them to find time to care for themselves. And, you know, let go of any past resentments, right? You know, you, you, because that so holds you back. Um, it's like walking around with a lead coat on you all the time. You know, your spirit is trying to be free. But these old beliefs and old memories and, and old resentments are holding you down. And it's just a question of take off the goddamn coat. Yes. Yes. And that's that's why we need to be real about what's happening. Now, I'm going to another little segment you have here because this has got me intrigued. It's the secret essence of a hot older woman. <laughs> and, you know, being being in that category nowadays, I don't know about the hot, but the older woman, I want to know more about this. Yeah, that, putting that, putting that message out there, um, that was a tough one for me. I really had to sit and think about it because I thought, okay, Who's this going to attract? You know, who's going to understand what this is about? And the, and it, it comes very close to what we're talking about, except it talks about the body. 
and about the women way women see themselves you know, not just from an emotional aspect but if you think about it i recently interviewed a, a south african celebrity and she's closer to your age probably i absolutely adore her she's such a beautiful role model and and she to her being older and you might relate um Sophia Lorenz, one of the most beautiful women. Oh, she's and we spoke exquisite. About, we, we spoke about beautiful women, and, and um, I already wrote this article at the time that I spoke to her, so I was intrigued and hanging on every word she said. And she said, you know, it's the Italians that can really pull it off, and the Europeans. Mm. And, but, but you put um, a woman from another country who can't carry it off in a T-shirt and jeans, and they look like a, a floor mop, you know. Um, I don't know how to put it politely. I'm sorry. But you can, you can use exactly the same outfit for two women who have exactly the same type of bodies. But it's the attitude yeah. that makes the one hot and sexy and the other one look like a slob. 100%. And you know what? S- sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And and the, the so so I... For me, putting that message out there, you know, I kind of was like, you know, see when you get that the moment and you're like, you want to put your chest out. Like, I knew that, you know, I, I already knew that. And she was just kind of like putting meat on meat on this. But the thing is, the reason we some women can carry it off with confidence and others can't, and it's not because of what they have that's what's different. It's about the way they see themselves. Absolutely. And it's about the levels to which they prepare to accept their bodies. And the thing is, we only have one. So if you can't love your body and you can't take care of this body that you have, um, you know who is gonna who's going to, and it'll 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 be like that soul that just eventually dies. You know it's what we make with it. So so, your hot older woman. The thing is, the older bit is because it this comes with age. You know the wisdom comes with age, and that's what um, makes them hot. Exactly. It? It, it's that yes. life lived, that wisdom, that embracement of life and every single bit of it that you can see. Um, I did a show because uh, I do my own show on my own perspectives. And this was one to, uh, to do with age. And I just put in, I think, about a dozen pictures there of all actresses. Sophie Loren was one of them that are over 60, right up to Betty White now, 93, still acting you know, um, playing the older roles, um, still command the screen, you know, still command the respect, uh, still absolutely adored for who they are. And they're no longer those sexy symbols they were in their youth, but they've carried a sensuality for life and abundance yes. with them through their lives that no matter what they play, a hag or, you know, a dynamo, they bring that essence to the to the stage and and you can see it and you can feel it and it, you know thank goodness because it used to be like Greta Garbo stop working at 30 because you're too old now you know now we're embracing women of older age and looking at them as as beautiful sensual beings because of the way they live life and they truly do live it Absolutely. And you know what? That, that confidence comes completely from self-acceptance. Yes. And not worrying about the prescribed way we're supposed to look. So you don't have to please anybody but yourself. Exactly. And the more you can accept yourself, the more you have presence when you walk into a room. And, you know, it's, because you, you've got some people that just walk into a room and, you know, they may not be the most beautiful person. Um, you know, they're... They can be older, but they just walk. And it isn't like they're the divas and they stand there waiting for everyone to turn. It's just you feel their presence. You feel their love of life, their confidence, their acceptance of who they are. Their resonance enters the room first. Absolutely. I think that it's the that it's almost an invisible knowing that other people have, that you've accepted yeah. yourself. You're okay with yourself, and they can somehow feel your presence that way. It's almost like your your um, I don't want to use the word aura, but I can't think of a better word right now. Your energetic imprint that you're walking around with is bigger. <laughs> you know, it's not empty. What what is really on the inside of you, inside the clothes, is very real. 
And it's it's also been able to take the mickey out of it. And, you know, there was a great little Facebook uh, post the other day, you know, of a woman measuring her breasts on the door. And, you know, at one point they were, you know, three inches higher and now they keep getting lower and lower. And it's like, you know, I don't care who you are, you know, how gorgeous or sex symbol you once were, you know, uh, things go south, you know. And it's, we've just got to realize that, you know, that's gravity. Things start, you know, drooping and, and it's just kind of go with it because there's something you can let go of you know if you are a beautiful central or sexual younger woman you're very much inclined to be looked at as a sex object if you get older and you've got the wrinkles and everything else you know um you start being seen as that central woman with all the lines and the droops and everything else and you realize that sexuality is not in the body it's in the spirit and in the way you, you handle yourself but you have to embrace what the body is doing. That's why the sexiness comes from mm-hmm. what's inside of us and not our bodies. But we can take care of them and treat them like a temple. Exactly. It's, it all comes down to the, the health and what are we doing for our bodies. You know, are we abusing it or are we treating it as a temple? Um, yeah. I've been very fortunate. I've studied kinesiology with a um, mentor from the UK who's come out here. And um, every time she sees me, she comes out once a year, she says to me, you look younger than you did the last time when I saw you. And I'm convinced that when, as we grow into self-acceptance, it does affect the way that we look. Yes, exactly. And and I think something else that people have to understand is, you know, if, uh, I'm very, very much about, you know, the, the soul intellect, because that's the divine knowledge, you know, resonating with the heart into passion and understanding and giving it to the spirit for action. And then the mind knows what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. But it does start off with the thought of being willing to accept, willing to be open, willing to hear. Uh, it isn't just a conversation with your head. If you don't bring the soul, heart and spirit into it, you're never going to get the wholeness of the truth or of the knowledge that you seek. And so many people are just living in their heads and, you know, cram their heads with information or maybe go from one course to the other Um cramming the heads with information but all they're doing is regurgitating somebody else's information they're not listening to the information from themselves see so much of that you know what for me i mean we spoke earlier about how it started for me um that first year all the stuff i try to do everything had to do with my head it was only once i started to study the kinesiology uh, the coaching training helped me with reflection and understanding, but it was only when I started with the kinesiology that I started making that connect between the head and the heart. Um, and I actually did a an energy workshop, um, and I was out in a at a place it's a, considered a high energy vortex, and I was walking in a labyrinth, and there was a tree there, and the most bizarre thing happened to me where the tree, I, I could hear the tree speak to me, and you know, it's mm-hmm. probably just happened in my head, or I don't no, know how, no, many, how people no, no, choose no, to no. think of it. It's talking but to it you. Was, <laughs> you know, it had a name, and it addressed me directly, and I got the fright of my life for starters. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it said to me, um, you chose to be here, so be here. Mm. And it landed for me. I, it wasn't words that I was hearing. I made that connect between the head and the heart. Yeah. And I, it's like you, I, and if you've lived in your head all your life, you don't know the difference. But it was like my consciousness literally just dropped into my body. And you know, so much of the wisdom has come from that. If I don't know what to do, my brain's fried, I drop into my body, I connect with my body, and my body will tell me, this feels good, this doesn't. It's a feeling thing, it's not an emotional thing, which, you know, there's no confusion about to when you learn to work with it. But your body will tell you, feel open towards it or that decision, no. And you don't have to know the facts. And you learn to trust that wisdom, which comes from your body because your mind can still lie to you because of uh, the way you were taught 
to believe or not believe things or value things or not value things, you know, it's like, it's like binary code. You always go left or right. Yeah. You make decisions with your mind, but with your body, it's not like that. It's like, there's the thing, you feel the presence and then you get a response. And if you've learned to become in tune with that, it's another way of connecting with a soul. Um, other than just dream space or, you know, because for me, in, in the, the beautiful thing about dreams is my brain is not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, so what needs to happen happens. And yes, it looks like interesting little pictures and it doesn't always make sense. But I know that's myself talking to me. So I've learned how to find ways of, of, of connecting and, and finding different confirmations of how I'm supposed to do something next, you know, and it's it's. That head and heart connection is vital on this journey because you can do all the stuff and think you understand, but it's nothing more than recycled words until the experiences literally drop drop down. When I wrote my book, I wrote it in just a week, 75,000 words. And it wasn't stuff that I wanted to put down a piece of paper like a lot of people write. It literally was it's a feeling I had, and it's like an urge. You write from such a different space. I wasn't channeling or anything. I mean, I, you know, it, it was. It felt. It well. It didn't feel like something was doing it on my behalf. It was me. Everything came through my filters. But there was this incredible um, message that I needed to pass on. And when I started writing, I just couldn't stop. And when I stopped, it was seventy-five thousand words. Wow. And and that wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, I can do many things, but that you know that was bigger than just me. So I can't I can't even say it's me. And then, so what I'm trying to say is, there's so much that we're not accessing because we live in our minds. We don't re- we're not conditioned to even be accepting of the thought that we can do things differently. And the soul works in very mysterious ways to we, connect with us, but we miss it. We, you've just said a hit a bit word there, conditioned. Um, you know, we're programmed from the moment we're born. Now, you know, in my mind's eye, a child is born a diva. A child is born with the ability to dream, be inspired, see great visions, and aspire to make it all happen. And you watch a child or a puppy or anything young, and you could see that everything is possible. Uh, you know, their imagination, the, they can be anything they want to be. You know, they aspire to, to be that rocket scientist. You know, and what happens is that we go to school or society starts dictating to us how we should be based on what has been. And the divaism gets beaten out of us. And then people like yourself, you've come back into being your diva. You allowed your dreams to flow. You were inspired by what they were telling you. You saw the vision of what you can do with it. And now you're aspiring to make sure you honor your diva and help others discover their own. And that is truly, you know, the beauty of living in the flow of life. And we are so conditioned to follow this linear path um, that society has dictated for so long and we really have to re-look at that because it is not serving the heart, the soul, or the spirit. It's certainly not serving women, but it's not serving community, and it's certainly not serving the collective consciousness. That's so true. And the, even, but even sometimes when you get a vision, it, it it's hard because it doesn't fit in the structures that the world's created for us, and yeah. you've got to figure out how to do it. You know, that I call that co-creation. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've got to do your bit, yeah. You know, um, so you might have the the sense of what needs to happen, and then if you can't see the how, um, then it, it it's a struggle, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And for me next week I'm launching this um, which has been a long time coming for me I wanted to create a resource where there's lots of stuff you know not just one book or this or this and every time you go through the feel felt to me like trauma of going through self-promotions and all those kind of things for one little thing I wanted to just you know have a place where I could just keep adding the stuff when it comes and and writing just seemed to be a medium for me which um is how information comes for me. And, I mean, I write things. I wrote poetry in 2009 after I came back from Peru. That only makes sense to me now. Your soul gives it to you. And then even you don't understand it. But that book, for example, I knew I had to publish 
because the message was very clear. I've got lots of stuff I've written but not published. So, And then other things that happen where people come and they ask, but as a human being, you can only do so much. So you have to trust, find those little crumbs and then go one bit by one bit, but working towards the bigger thing. So for me next week when I launch that website, there'll be the best of the stuff that I have um, discovered that works for me for this journey for eight years will go in there. And the other part of it was I didn't want to ask people an arm and leg for it because when I was looking, um, it was hard to find information that was deep enough that really spoke to me. And the moment you try and find how people are going to find it on Google, and stuff, people don't know what the words are. They only know the feelings. Yes. So they don't know how to find what they're looking for. I mean, now that I've, my book was published in 2013, the first one. And now that the book is out there, now I'm starting to see, oh, yes, a little bit of that, something in there and something in there, you know. And, and you think, wow, that's amazing. How did all that come out of me? And it's not because, you know, I'm the person that's going to bring it to the world. It's just, it's just everybody do their little bits and then you put it out there. But I wanted to put it out there in a way which made it easy to find. And then it was just an incredible process to figure out how to do all that. But it's nice to know that, that 20 years from now I can still add to that. And then there'll be, it'll be a much bigger resource, you know, than it will be next week when I launch it. So... Exactly. And I mean, you know, I was surprised myself. I go read an article I wrote, you know, 12 years ago and I go, did I really write that? (laughs) Does somebody else submit that? Or, you know, I listen to a show. I mean, people say to me, why don't you do TV or, you know, know, blog TV? And I go, no, because half the time in an interview, my eyes are closed. I'm in the flow. You know, I'm I'm riding the wave. (laughs) And, you know, people don't want to see me with my eyes closed. And I'm also very much of a person that I believe um, we hear better if we're not looking. And I think we see better when we hear. And, and I think I think the audio allows people to see what they're understanding as opposed to seeing somebody else's perception of what they want them to understand. That's just me. Um, that's the reason why I love this medium. Um, you know, the thing is, you wrote the, that book and it, basically what you did is you just completely channeled your divine knowledge and you let it come through you and you didn't get in your own way. And that was the beauty of it. You know, had you stopped and corrected or gone spell checked or this or that, you know, you would have lost your flow. You just allowed yourself to let the universe pour through you and just do it. And that's, we really need to do more of that. And, you know, the talking to the trees, I do it all the time. And yes, they answer me back. And, you know, and, you know, because why? Every single thing is energy. Every single living thing has a signature. And once you know that signature of that person's energy, you can pick them out anywhere in the world. And this is why you're cheating because (laughs) that comes from your astral traveling. I know because I know. (laughs) But there are many energy healers and they do this because they pick up a signature. And, you know, once they've got that signature, it's, well, you know, you're not looking at me. You're not seeing me. You're not doing, how do you know? And it's because they they go in and they can read your energy. And so they can also see where uh, your energy isn't. So they know where the blockages are, right? Yeah, the thing is, whether you're on the other side or whether you're on this side, you know, sometimes I have to think, was the person black or white? You know, did they speak Afrikaans or English? Because we have so many languages here. And I cannot remember because I don't relate to them like that. Exactly. Exactly. It's the spirit that you're speaking to, that, that unique, wonderful vibration. You know, traveling on those good vibes. <laughs> and that's that's really how you know. I I wish everybody would be you know blind, deaf, and dumb, um, in order to see, hear, and feel, um, because we allow our eyes to deceive us far too much, uh, because of that judgment we're brought up to have. And if we could just forget about that and truly hear and truly feel, you know, we would be a far more harmonic society. But I think you said the key word earlier. I mean, we spoke about connecting head and heart and everybody has a story of how they got to this place. But once you're at this place, you have to make a decision. And to make a decision, you need to be willing. Yeah. You know, got to let go. Yes. <laughs> not, not just of things that you know and go into that scary place, but you actually have to be willing to take on stuff, to be open 
um, strange things happen to me all the time and you think you get used to things but I don't think I ever will because it's just so many magical things to experience but you have to be willing I think that you know the biggest challenge and it is for me still I mean you know I'm, I'm this as I said spiritual being living a human existence um, I still have cellular memories that flare up and they suddenly cripple me and in my head gets in the way because it goes back to that fear zone or goes back to that doubt zone. And if I feed that, I'm going to cripple myself. And I have to look at it and go, it's purely a memory. I have to get rid of that memory. It's not who I am now. And you really have to focus in on what you're doing now, what you've achieved from making the journey to get yourself back on track, to get your back in the vibe. Because it's like, you know, the, the nails on the chalkboard or the needle across the record. It can throw yeah. you off. Um, but just pick up that needle and put it back on and uh, get back into the groove. Because our past, you know, it's like it's it, the memories are in that cellular structure of our body and something can trigger it and it can come out. But that was yesterday's news. It's not today. So we have to make sure that our heads don't grasp onto that because then it can get in our way. Yes, it can be tough to to have to deal with emotions and, you know, that's in the actual body that you you can't find the stories for. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, um, what I do is I have asked that I only be shown things that are relevant. So even if I get an understanding of things of the future, I say that I don't want to know unless I'm supposed to change something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that keeps me in the moment. So I don't get the past and I don't get too much of the future. Only if it's vital for me to have to know something at a specific time. Although it can be easily information overload. Yes, exactly. You know, the gift of the present is in the now. Um, you know, and that's, I always say to people, if you want to have good memories for tomorrow, then you've got to make them today. Um, yes. And, you know, we, we have this moment and this is where we're meant to be. And even with what we're doing right now, whether anybody hears us or not, which we hope they, they do, you know, the vibrations that we're sending out, you know, those good vibrations, those elevated vibrations will be felt. And people may not know what they're feeling, but they just know they're feeling good. Yes. But that's the beauty of this. We don't have to have reason. We don't have to have yeah. understanding. Yeah. Not too quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it still works. Exactly. Um, you know, it's this big question of why. Uh, you know, for me, it's all about why have you taken this journey? Because it's important. Before anybody can believe anything that you've got to sell, quote to, sp- quote to speak, it is, you know, why? You know, what brought you to this journey? So that why is very important. But when people get to, but why does it work? Well, how does it work? I need to understand what, how it works. No, you don't. You get into a car. You know how to drive it. You don't know all the mechanics of it. You don't need to know. That was somebody else's knowledge needing to know. You just need yes. to know how to drive it. And it, we've got to get out of this needing to understand every single molecule. If that's not your calling, that's not what you're meant to do. Understand what your purpose and your calling is and concentrate on that and stop trying to have to know everything and dissect everything. Trust your knowingness. Trust what you need to know at the time you need to know it. Yeah, that's yeah. I live like that. So for me, that's easy. Um, but it's not always so easy at the beginning. And the thing is, when a lot of this knowledge comes, especially when you start in your journey, you have to find space in that head that's so full Mm. for all this stuff. And I started, I could remember people's phone numbers and I could remember people's birthdays and their kids' birthdays. And I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because it's an open, empty hole. It drops in, you know, when it's required. So and that's not necessary information to know, right? So and and, and, you and it's, find another way to live. Exactly, you remember the the good feelings, you know. Oh, oh, that was a good feeling, you know. So I'm going to remember that good feeling, and uh, that's you know the other stuff is just details. But if you made it feel good, you know, I ate a breakfast yesterday that was so yummy, and I can still taste it because it made you feel good, right? So mm-hmm. hold on to the good feelings. That's the important thing. That's exactly how I write, by the way, because somebody asked me today, so how do you, how do you, what do you do when you get writer's block? I don't know. I've never had that before. (laughs) 
Well, you know, everybody's been asking me for a book and it's just, you know, for me, the getting down and actually writing it is because I'm a, I'm, it's so much in the now. It's the knowledge that I can give you at this moment and, you know, to kind of give you what comes next to the chapter. So I've actually got somebody who's going to take all my audios of shows and things that I've done and I'll do a few more. And then she's just going to take my story from my words and put it together in some rhyme or reason because, um, you know, it, my brother is a writer and he's so disciplined and he can get down there and sit and write for a few hours and, you know, um, he writes everything out by hand first. And, you know, I just, I can't do that. You know, I'm so in the now. It's very, very hard for me to go and do something that's so structured like that. Um, you might, you might enjoy the the methods of speaking because you audio. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. There's uh, so many things which transcribes for you. Yes. And if they're not complicated, they make them so nice these days. Yes, I need to go and get Dragon Speak and do that. That would be good, actually, um, when I have time and not running a radio station, as you know. Um, so so you you um, have radio shows as well? Um, well, I'm just, just starting. It's it's a brand new project. I um, the, 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 What you've probably seen on air is, is other recordings of interviews people have had with me. So I would probably ask you if I could have a copy of this as well. And then so people could get, because I've done so, uh, quite a few over the years. I don't have records of them all. But then I also wanted to interview other people. And um, for me specifically, uh, for women, you know, same yeah. as the as the articles. Just for some people, it's easy to speak, and um, it's a nice form because as women, we multitask. You'll know, audio is really great. I mean, I listen to a lot more audios than I have time to sit and watch videos. Exactly. I don't have to sit still. I can do things. I have my, you know, my uh, headphones in, and I'm in the car. I'm driving wherever. I can listen to it anyway. Um. So, yes, so that, I'm very excited about that. But that's also to add resources for the new new website. So I have wonderful, wonderful women that are all sharing because I believe the sharing is the healing. hundred so, percent. <laughs> this isn't telling what this radio station is about. Yeah. You, you inspire other people by your journey. Well, you know, she was where I was, you know, and if she could overcome, so could I. What what were the tools yes. that she needed? You know, um, can I've heard you, so therefore I've, I resonate with you, so now I can go to you for you to help me on my journey. And it is, it's not through advertising and it's not through, you know, clever sites or clever this. It really comes down to connection. Do I hear her story? Am I inspired by it? Is this somebody I can trust with my vulnerability to help me? write my own book uh, and as women we are personal we want that personal touch so yes a lot of these other things don't work yes i mean you know there's many 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 workshops over there and there's some very very good ones but it's you know we we can't discover our soul by numbers um you know i've got my own little uh, just uh, diva discovery which is um purely understanding where you are who you are by your personality type your thought process which is again as a mathematical equation and then how to embrace your diva i just give you that little tool so that whatever else you do after that um you know it just becomes tools for you to take on your journey and you know you may see many people along your path that are going to help you through different chapters of your lives and and it's the constant willingness to to evolve and to grow and to explore and to trust as you said whether it be a tree or the astral traveling or whatever it is that speak to you and don't be so scared about what other people will think it's how do you feel that's more important that's the one thing we can always trust. Trust your heart. Yes. Don't trust your mind. Trust your heart. <laughs> Listen to people. Take it in. But do what you feel you need to do. That's the most important thing. Um, how do people actually get your books? Because I don't see them on your site. Oh, um, my site has a, needs a membership. You need a login. And then there are all sorts of interesting things there. So the, what you see on the outside is only to tease people. Um, if they log in, it's um, into the website, which is www.adele-green.com. Um, it's free membership. And there's lots more articles on the inside. And um, the, the shows that I'll be doing also will be on the, on the once they've 
logged into the inside. And then there's a shop area. So there are books and CDs and three workshops that I'm launching this year. And they all do different things and they're at different levels of intensity and different time periods. So that I wanted to give something to everybody and it doesn't matter what your pocket size is because I love the coaching that I do, but not everybody can afford personal coaching. So uh, to get the books, to answer your question, one, they can get it from the site, two, they can get it from Amazon. It's I have different publishers. There's Kindle on Amazon. You can get it through Amazon um, in Europe or in the U.S. Um, or in Australia um, and that part of the world. Um, and then it's also it's because uh, it's listed with um, Ingrams, which is the biggest in the world. And in South Africa, I have a different publisher that I use, yeah, because it costs you as much for the shipping as it does cost for the book. So with a new website, I can even do my own distribution. Other than it being in the shops, yeah, you can pretty much get it in any shop in the world as long as you um, ask for the barcode. Ask for it by barcode. So, you know, Adele, there's, and even if you go on Amazon, there's only one book with that name. Can you see me naked? Okay, Growing and that's, your, and that's your new uh, new site, right? Your, uh, can you see me naked.com? Yes. Yeah, the can you see me naked.com is um, if people want to see what the book is about, it's just one page. And if they go to that site, they can get a free chapter which is chapter seven, and it's about whose stuff is it anyway. And we spoke about that a little bit earlier, yeah. you know. So it's, there's, a, there's a big thing in relationships. Until we understand mirrors, we think it's the other person's fault. And even when we understand mirrors, we sometimes still think it's the, the person's fault. So it talks about how you know whose fault it is. <laughs> yes. And uh, and also, you know, is it a place to lay blame or is it just a difference of perspective and understanding? And uh, is there the ability to actually be able to sit down and, you know, look at things from all these different perspectives? Um, or is it somebody that's too stuck in their one perspective and unable to open up? Um, yeah. And, you know, it's only when you actually understand that that you know what you need to do. Take the yes. blame away and understand and, you know. Yeah, the the whole book was written to create an experience. I went through many editing processes, and the reason I did was because they would change it, and then I would change it again. <laughs> because I wrote as a coach, I didn't write as an a person that's going to say this is step one and step two and step three because I don't believe in creating other little mini me's. Right. To me, the person needs to be authentic in who they are. So I ask the questions that I know is going to bring out those things for that person. Right. And if you've worked through the book, the book addresses men about the vulnerability of women. So it's the questions they would ask, the irony, which I didn't expect is how many women would read it. Uh, because they experience validation and they find their words. So what happens is um, you read the book and then hopefully when you get to the end of the book, especially from a male perspective, the, there's a, a, a connection with their the own levels of empathy to actually see it from a woman's perspective. Right. It's very much about the inner journey. And, you know, basically, man or woman, we're all looking for the same. We want to be respected. We want to be valued for who we are, valued for our contribution to the world. We want to be loved. Um, we want to feel safe. You know, all of those things are a human condition. You know, the soul needs to be free. The spirit needs to fly. The heart needs to be nurtured. Um, our minds need to be listened to, you know, respected. We're all looking for that, man or woman. But it's just our perspectives of how we perceive this happening or the way that we receive our information is different. And if we can open up to one another, you know, in understanding our differences of receiving information and make the effort to communicate with one another um, in a way that we're both heard, you know, we would have much less animosity between the two sexes. Too true. All, re all roads lead to Rome. They just go the in different ways. Yes. <laughs> some horse, yeah. some carriage, and some they, foot. <laughs> yeah. And there is a sole purpose to relationships. You know, there's a whole different dynamic. And when you get that, you'll never look at any relationship in the same way. It's never the other person that's not right for you. It's you that not that's not ready. 
Yes, or, or you're not right for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first relationship, isn't it? Um, it's always about the first relationship. Yes, be ready for yourself. And uh, then you'll know what you're bringing to the table in another relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been truly delightful. Um, I certainly could talk to you for a long time. Um, and I love what you're doing. I love your journey and, uh, you know, the whole purpose of it. I wish you luck with very much luck with the radio because I do know that uh, I know myself after four years now, uh, you know, what I've learned from the people I've interviewed and how it inspires me. And there are so many people doing such wonderful things in the world that need to be celebrated. And um, so, you know, in doing this, you're bringing those people and their extraordinary stories um, to the people who feel um, I'm alone in this. No, when you listen to these shows, you realize you're not alone. Other people have made the journey. This is where they are now because this is what they did. And you too can take that journey for yourself and reach your own self-abundance. Um, and it's that inspiration that uh, allows them to do that. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me, Sarah. I appreciate it very much. Can I just ask the, if anybody's listening, if they want to get in touch with me, they're welcome to connect with me on Twitter. It's My handle is at Naked with Adele. Excellent. Well, all your URLs are here on the posting, all the sites, the Facebooks, the Twitters and everything. And uh, they can get hold of you through there. And don't forget, folks, you can pass this uh, show on. Um, You can listen to it with friends with a nice glass of wine and uh, discuss it afterwards. And, you know, sharing, 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 because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. Uh, It's how we set ourselves free. So pass it on. Thank you so much, Adele. And it's tot scenes. Okay. <laughs> Probably the only word I still remember. <laughs> oh, well. Thank you, Sarah. It was really nice to be on the show. With you. Excellent. Wonderful. So goodbye to sunny South Africa. And um, uh, most certainly, please do follow up with Adele and read her book and uh, listen to her shows. And if you, uh, I, I presume you do coaching by Skype as well, not just physically. Yes, I've been doing Skype coaching to New York and UK clients since 2010. Okay, so folks, it's just simply a click away. So um, if you resonate with Adele, you know where to find her and let her help you on your journey, okay? Because it's not scary, it's really beautiful. Just be willing to put that one foot in front of the other. Until next time, folks, it all starts off by being kind to yourself. Bye for now. <laughs>